Blog Talk Radio. Anyone want coffee? Hello, fellow book writers and caffeine fiends. Welcome to A Daily Cup of Joe, where you'll get to hear from publishing industry pros and affirm your inner bookworm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. Mondays are for veterans of Utopia, those folks who've been with the con for at least three years, poured their hearts and souls into the event, and welcome newcomers with open arms. I'm Joe Michaels of the Joe Michaels blog, and I'll be your host. Today, I have with me the award-winning author of the Young Adult Griffin series and the legend saga, Stacey Rourke. We'll be talking about all things Utopia, but we'll also discuss her books, awards she's won, and her unhealthy shoe addiction. Stacy can be found on her website at stacywork.com. If you need a link, you can find it in the show description, along with a link to Steam, book three of the Legend Saga on Goodreads. I know you're all super excited, so sit back, relax, and let's get our gab on. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming on. You were so easily flexible to schedule. I just love it to death. So um, let's start off with something kind of fun. I love chatting about books, but I also have a mad passion for coffee. Everyone who knows me knows this very well. So how do you drink yours if you do? Um, Well, if I could have an IV and have it hooked directly into my vein, I would probably do that. But since I haven't found a way to do that yet, um, I'm in love with my Keurig. My Keurig is a very big part of my life. I even put little googly eyes on it so it's more of a person to me so we can have a a more in-depth relationship. And I wish I was kidding about that, but it really does have eyeballs. I can send you a picture. I love it. I love it. um, You know, the new Star Wars movie is getting ready to come out, and they released Coffee Mate creamers with the Star Wars characters. Have you seen those in the stores by chance? I I haven't. Okay, well, let me tell you the Wookiee one, the one with Chewbacca. It's a spiced latte, and it's delicious. So my current coffee addiction is a Wookiee latte. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been drinking those by it. the bucket full. <laughs> so it, uh, it's so cool. I, I love it. Star Wars Wookiee coffee. That's hilarious. Um, so you recognize <laughs> the sound in the intro there, right? Yes. Yes, I did. That was my sure making coffee. <laughs> I do have an impression of my Keurig when it's warming up, and my husband says it's really good, but I'm not going to do it now because I'm, I'm holding on to this one last iota of self-esteem, and I think if I did that publicly, it would just kill it. <laughs> well, you know, we do have 45 minutes. Maybe I'll be able to talk you into it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It might be coming, yeah. So I have I have a laundry list of questions for you, um, some concerning Utopia and some concerning those shoes. Um, so let's just jump into the first one here. Um, what is it about Utopia that keeps you coming back? It was that one thing that made you realize you'd never miss a conference if you could help it. You know, when you go there, it's a celebration of books. 
you know, I've gone to a lot of conferences, you know, a lot of good ones, some that were, you know, a little less than stellar. But the feeling at Utopia is a celebration of the love of reading. And these people, you know, the authors that are there, the readers, we're all there together as one unit to celebrate books. And it's it's the excitement of that that keeps me coming back. I just love it. I mean, this last time when I was there, um, I met a blogger by the name of Ethan Gregory, who is he's become a dear friend of mine since then. But we had this moment where he came over to my table and had this big fan moment about my covers being a big fan of the series. And while he was there, he happened to mention to me that Marissa Meyer was there. And he got to witness me have a full-out fangirl moment over Marissa Meyer. (laughs) So, you know, it was that, that he was there as a fan, I'm there as a fan, because we share a love of books. And I think that's what Utopia is all about, and that's what keeps me going back every year. And for the record, I got to meet Marissa Meyer, and I burst into tears when I when I met her. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I did. I did. I um, I started crying. I don't really know where the conversation went from there. I told her I loved her. Somehow I got on the <laughs> subject of what my kid was for Halloween, and I offered to give her my car. So I don't really know uh, how we got to that point, but. <laughs> That's awesome. I, yeah, I, I met Ethan for the first time this year, and he was awesome. He was just so, such a, a bright, shiny penny kind of in the sea of everybody. I mean, just stood out, was so super sweet. Yeah, I, I, I love him to death. Um, Ethan's I awesome. do, too. I do, too. Uh, I got lucky with Marissa, actually, um, because I was a blogger last year. I got to interview her on the blog. And oh my so when I saw her pass by, I know. <laughs> when I saw her pass by, I thanked her for coming on the blog, you know, and taking her time out of her day because I know she's super busy. And then I introduced her to my niece. And I think that my niece had the same fangirl moment that you did because she just, her whole <laughs> face turned bright red. <laughs> her words <laughs> left her, and she stood there going, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's those moments. Absolutely, absolutely. So, well, um, and you think, like, there's somewhere in the back of your mind, you think if you ever met this celebrity that you would be cool. Yeah. And then in that moment, yeah. you go, oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not cool at all. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, it, it, it's that moment that hits you. You're like, oh, my gosh, I've seen this person everywhere. I never thought I would meet them in person. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's exactly. totally that. Um and there was Sylvia Day, I mean, Jennifer Al- um, Alvin, uh, you know, just wow. So we've had quite this yeah. celebrity lineup of speakers. It's just been amazing. So um, how many years have you gone to Utopia? Um, I've missed one year, and it was only because we had an illness in the family, and I couldn't go that year. And I believe that was the second year. But other than that, I've been to every other conference. Oh, awesome. So, so you were what? there that first yeah. year. I was there the very first year. In that year, do you remember back that far? (laughs) I I do, I do. uh, Okay, so (laughs) did you, (laughs) I know, you forget everything. It's like mind blank. So back in that first year, did you have a favorite activity or panel that you went to? And what was it? I, I had a moment, okay, first of all, I mean, we've been talking for, what, five minutes now. I, I have no problem talking to people. But there was one panel that I was on with L.M. Preston and Willow Cross that 
I got up there and was so intimidated by the two of them that the English language fell out of my head and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't say words. I couldn't say anything. But LM, I love her to death. She is just this little piece of dynamite. And she talks with her hands somewhat violently. So my favorite <laughs> memory from Utopia is like during this panel, dodging and weaving her rampant hand gestures. And I was really like fearing bodily harm because she was really flailing about. So after the panel was over, I happened to have a roll of duct tape at my table. And I came up to her because we had another panel we were doing later. And I told her that I was just going to leave the duct tape on the table between us during the panel. And if she started to get violent, I was just going to push her at push it at her in warning that I would eventually tape her hands together because I was fearing for my own safety. And we've been friends ever since. You know, I think once you you threaten to duct tape somebody, you've formed a bond. So that was that was my favorite panel, favorite moment. <laughs> formed a friendship. It's perfect. Um, so I don't know if it scares me more that you were in fear of your life or that you actually had a roll of duct tape at your table. <laughs> <laughs> it was really yeah, cute so. duct tape, too. I remember it was pink and zebra print. It was very cute. <laughs> Okay, I don't know why then. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> everybody um, who's listening, beware. Stacey just may be a kidnapper, serial killer. Um, so uh, <laughs> um, you were talking about reading whenever you said it. it's a celebration of books, and I totally agree with you. Um, most writers are vehement, unbelievable, like devouring books readers. So what genre do you like to read, and what's your favorite book? Um. I try to sample a lot of different genres because I think the more you vary what you read, the more you can bring to your own books. So, you know, I'll have days where I'll read poetry. I'll have days where I'll read suspense. Um, As a go-to, I tend to be more of a fantasy fan. I really enjoy the no-limits writing that you can have with fantasy books. And I'm not really sure I could say I have a favorite book because, you know, that's like choosing the favorite of your kids. I have so many that I've fallen in love with. I'm not sure I have a favorite. I just got done reading um, uh, Red Queen, and I loved that. Um, you know, I've read Warm Bodies. I loved that. There's, I, I could, you know, I could start at the, the things I've read most recently and trail back, and I could find books that, you know, really stuck with me. Um, when I read Gone Girl, I read that before I saw the movie and devoured that book. It was just amazing. <laughs> I loved that one. Um, I think a series that has stuck with me, and I'm probably going to show my age by saying I love this, but if you ever read any of the original V.C. Andrews books, um, oh. her her Castile, the Heaven series, oh, my gosh. That, you're, you're that series... <laughs> Do you remember Troy? Do you remember Troy in that series? Um, I'm I do not. I'm drawing a blank on that series, actually. Um I like Ruby. Ruby was my favorite. Yes. Maybe Ruby it was, was offset in I, New Orleans. I mean, I, I grew up in Louisiana, yeah. so Yeah. I, I really beautiful. connected with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Troy was just he was, you know, kind of an artist at heart and he resigned himself to love her from afar because they couldn't be together. And, I mean, he's my all-time book boyfriend. I mean, I there have been others, 
There have been others since, but he's the one that lingers with me forever. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. We could just sit here and talk Did about you? favorite books all day. <laughs> oh, yeah, we definitely could, especially V.C. Andrews. Um, I didn't really like the ones after she passed um, that they were writing from her notes. I think those got too short and less complex. You know, I really like yeah. the way that she, like, weaves things together. And, like, in the end, you were like, oh, I never saw that coming. You know what I mean? Exactly. She was a master, master at she, the suspense. She told lines yeah. that other people, would, like, if somebody else wrote it, it would seem skeevy. But because it was mm-hmm. her and she weaved it into such a tapestry, you were just sucked into it. And, yeah. Right. It. <laughs> I agree. So, see, it's it's like a book soulmate matchup right here. Yes. You guys heard it exactly. first. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we so, found um, each other. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to see you at REI in June or April of next year, so that will be awesome. And then again at Utopia in June of next year, so that will be awesome again. Um, so, right. you know, Utopia is, is like it's ten times as big as it was in the first year, or well, last year oh, yeah. it was. Um, now it probably it's probably doubled that, but we'll see. Um, so, what do you like and not like about that growth and expansion that's going on? What's good about it? What's bad about it? Um, what's good about it is the crowds that we're bringing in, and the new readers that we're able to, you know, all the authors that are there get exposed to new readers, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a lot bad to say. I would say probably the only bad thing is there's a lot of people there that I really want to hang out with and see while I'm there. And it's there's always so much going on that sometimes you get home and you're like, oh, man, I, I only get to see her for like five minutes. So I think that mm-hmm. would be the only thing is that there's so much happening that sometimes you don't get to hang out with the people that you want as much. But you know what? It's It's okay because it's such an amazing event that, if you missed hanging out with somebody, it's because you were doing something else that's awesome. So it's the right. great <laughs> Do you come home hoarse? Oh, you yeah. Come home oh, without yeah. A voice? I come home exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I come home exhausted. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Do you I think you'll survive some sort days? of traumatic event? Five days? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, five days. I don't know. <laughs> that's a lot. I know, that's I a lot of days. Yeah, four days was, was a lot. This year, and I was like, "Wow, I'm really tired." <laughs> Sunday got there, but then next year is like, "Okay, so we're gonna start everything on Wednesday and run to Sunday." And I don't know. I mean, it'll give you more time to, like you said, hang out with those people that you want to hang out with, and you know, get some of that talking done. But then all the new people, and so you have so much more time to meet new people. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna survive. Yeah. It, but I'm gonna try, like. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is, I'm. I'm an outgoing introvert, so I'm fine mm-hmm. with it when I'm in the crowd, but I have to have a few minutes at the end of the day to just kind of be in my own little box to just unwind. And I usually have roommates, so I'm I'm going to have to warn them ahead of time there's going to be soundproof headphones and some sort of, like, yeah. deprivation hole that I find myself in just so I can unwind at the end of the night. Right. Yes. You just have to tell them, I I love you, but I need you not to talk to me for about five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I room with Tia Bach every year, and she gets it because she's the same way. So we go back to our room and probably have like half an hour of just silence where we just read or sit or whatever for about half an hour. And this last year it was really hard to carve that out because I had, you know, I had my niece there and she had her daughter there. And so there was always somebody extra in the room talking, and I was like, oh, I can't do this. 
<laughs> it's quiet time yeah. now, kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, you know, the utopia motto is lift as you climb. Um, so what does that mean to you? I mean, in the grand overall scheme of things, utopia is like a, it's more of a networking type of event. So yeah. and we, we, you know, the motto has become lift as you climb. So what does that resonate with you? What does that mean? We're all out here every day pushing our books and working and working on our own marketing and learning that as you help yourself to help other people, that's what it's all about. That's, you know, helping others as you help yourself because you're growing together and, you know, helping each other along the way. That's that's really what the motto means to me. And I have a perfect example of that. And it's by a Utopia veteran herself, Mary Ting. Do you know Mary? I know Mary very well. <laughs> Mary I is amazing. Her. She's awesome. one of I love uh-huh. her. I love her. We were at a book to, event together last year. It was PenCon, and we roomed together. And she decided that she was going to help me with every step of my Steam launch. And this was like, I think, two or three days in. So we were into the event to the point where you're just exhausted. And she decided we were going to go back to the room and she was going to help me through every step of what I needed to do for my steamed launch. And we get back there, and I kind of knew something was up when she got under the covers and started snuggling in to her bed that, you know, Mary's tired. But bless her heart, she just kept ticking down this checklist of this is what you need to do and this is what you need to do. She was so (laughs) exhausted. She was falling asleep in between these things and would like drift and wake up and give me something else that I needed to work on. And then she'd drift back off and she kept doing it. And, you know, that's what it's all about is, yeah, she was tired. She wanted to take a nap, but it was helping somebody else along the way. And, you know, bless her heart, finally I was just, Mary, I'm going to go in the other room for a minute. So she finally would get some sleep. But, you know, that's that's what it's about, helping other people on the way up, I you know, agree. as you work yeah. at it, too. Because if you make it to the top that. and you're all alone, like, what fun was that, right? Like, you're up there and you're looking and, down at everybody else, but you're alone. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and who's going to support you when you're up there? Because even when you get up there, there's going to be rough times. And you're going to want a support system. And if you've stepped on other people the entire way to get there, when those rough times hit, you don't have anybody that's going to have your back. So build your network. That's so true. Oh, I love that. Love it, love it, love it. So, um, (laughs) Bill, before we get to your books, which we will get to here in just a moment, um, give me what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's considering going to Utopia? Do it. Do it. And go into it not thinking, I'm going to go there and I'm going to sell 50 books and it's going to be awesome. No. Go there and just meet people. Walk around. Talk to people. You know, make connections while you're there because that's what it's all about. I've made connections there that have lasted years. People that I can count on and they know they can count on me. That's what it's all about. Go there and put yourself out there. Make friends. You know, just Talk to people. Start up a conversation about what they do and what their books are about. That would be my my advice. Just do it. <laughs> get out there and do it. Great advice. Yes, absolutely. And then once you get there, don't be shy and stand in a corner. Um, <laughs> there's my no, advice. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or if you yeah. see somebody standing in a corner, go up there and talk to them. 
Unless yes, they're not leaving I love that. that. In which case, leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. If maybe it's not. one of the I'm Tennessee Titans, maybe just leave them alone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that yeah, good, great advice. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and Aria, which I know you'll be at. Um, where else will you be signing next year? Um, I will be doing PendCon again next year. I will be doing Carolina Book Fest next year, and then I will be doing my own book signing, my own author signing in Frankenmuth, Michigan, of August of next year. So, I'll be traveling a lot of the eastern side of the country right now (laughs) well talk to us a little bit about your your own your own event there um once upon a book is what it's called um for all of you listeners out there so tell us a little bit about it what where did the idea come from what dates is it give us the deets well after doing book events this year i did utopia pencon and carolina book fest pretty much back to back and i was so inspired by these events about, you know, the way they were held and the crowds that came through. I was so inspired by it, and I wanted to bring something like that to Michigan. We don't have uh, – there's the Great Lakes Book Bash is coming up in um, October of – actually, this weekend. This weekend, I'll be at the Great Lakes Book Bash. But that's on the other side of Michigan. So I wanted to get something over here in the central part. So I put together the idea with my planning committee, uh, Once Upon a Book, and it's a fairy tale themed event that we're doing, but you know, not, not secluding anybody. We want you know all sorts of authors for this. We're doing the Once Upon a Book author signing and the Happily Ever After Ball. Everything will be very fairy tale themed, and we're going to have the ball the night uh, Friday, August twelfth. Will be the ball. It will be a catered event with a DJ. We're going to have an awards show. Very glamorous. Everybody can, you know, glam it up and come on out for that. And then Saturday we are having the author signing. Um, VIP ticket holders can get in at 9 a.m. So they will have a full hour with the authors to, you know, so they don't have to worry about anybody being sold out before we get there, before they get there. And then general admission starts at 10 a.m. And the book signing will go until 3 so, you know, we've gotten a good turnout. We're adding more authors to our roster every minute, and we're super excited about it. It's in Frankenmuth, Michigan, which if you look up Frankenmuth or you look on our website at pictures, it looks like a storybook town. You could not find a more perfect town for a fairy tale themed event. It's just adorable. So, I mean, there's horse-drawn carriages through the town. There's riverboat tours. There's everything you could possibly want. And it's super family-friendly. There's um, an indoor water park that's within walking distance. There's golf. There's miniature golf. The hotel that we're having it at has an indoor miniature golf course and five pools and two slides and a giant arcade. So, you know, a lot of events, authors feel like they can't bring their families, and this is one you absolutely can because the kids will have tons. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Oh, man. And we got a book signing and a ball, a ball of all things. (laughs) Yes, people should definitely be encouraged to wear their Cinderella dresses. That would be awesome. Cinderella, Belle. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know what's funny Um, is that since I became an author, I have gone to three balls at author events. 
And that's something people don't tell you when you become an author, that going to a ball is actually going to become a regular occurrence in your life. That I've been to one. It'll be three years in yes. a row next year. So That's <laughs> cool. Yeah, and you can like <laughs> invest in a dress. You can wear it more than once if you're you know, if you do that kind of thing, which yeah. Um according to you, I mean pairs <laughs> of shoes do you actually own? I know you have this um this unhealthy shoe addiction. So how many pairs of shoes do you actually own? I did an inventory when I knew this interview was coming, and as of this moment, I have 60 pairs of shoes. Um, oh, my I have goodness. One more that I, yeah, I have one more that I'm ordering for a wedding I'm going to be in next year, and then I have another pair that I'm ordering for the ball, so I'll have 62 very soon. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a pair of shoes for every outfit, or do you kind of mix and match? No. <laughs> I kind of mix and match. It really depends on my mood, but and there's some of them that you know they're they're the shoes that you just wear to sit down in because you can never actually walk in them. So you know they're my sitting down <laughs> shoes. If I'm, <laughs> I will wear these over to this chair and then sit here for the rest of the night because they look pretty, but I can't walk in them. So it makes no sense, <laughs> but I still continue to do it. <laughs> No, no, I totally get it. I, I have a favorite pair of shoes um, from way back when. I love them. They're completely and utterly impossible to walk in, but they are gorgeous. <laughs> so I had to and have them. So, so you know. It. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I totally know. And they're so, like, come um, on, let's go for a walk. And you're like, no. My favorite pair? Oh, geez. Yeah, your favorite pair. Favorite pair. Oh, man, that's hard. I think my favorite <laughs> pair is probably their red pumps that have it looks almost like a black corset style up the back of the heel up to the the, the ankle part and then they have uh pirate skull and crossbones on the side they're iron fist shoes they're oh they're beautiful they're very pretty oh. they're comfortable so they're it's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> are you ever going to write a book I about them, them and we're very happy together what are you ever going to write a book about shoes I probably should. <laughs> Do they play an important God. role for your characters ever? They, you know, there's there's been mention of shoes in my books. If you if you look, you can look, you can see the underlining love that happens there. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe I could do like a romantic so, comedy about a girl that is looking for love and finds it in her closet with all of her shoes. There you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. So, what do you have in the work? <laughs> And maybe you can work shoes into that one, huh? Mm, what you working on? Really hard. What I'm working on now, <laughs> it's very, very top yeah. secret. But I will say this: doing a legend oh. saga, I channeled into writing for a villain. You know, because my main character is cursed with the spirit of the headless horseman inside of her, and I got Ooh. so into writing villains or people that have that darkness in them that they have to fight against, that I'm taking mm-hmm. on another villain with my next series. So the villain vibe is going to continue on, and I'm very excited about it. That sounds awesome. So tell, tell the listeners a little bit about the, your love for villains, like what started that and where, like in the Legend Saga, like your favorite villain. Well, the Legend Saga started because I love 
The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I, since I was a little girl, any movie, TV show, book that had anything to do with Sleepy Hollow, I have devoured it. I love it. And I wanted to do a spin on that. So that it started there. But, you know, doing something with that, someone that struggles with that darkness in them. Because you know what? I think we all have a little bit of it. We have that darkness in us that we have to go, no, 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 this isn't right. I shouldn't be doing this. But to just delve into that a little bit more. And what if what if it wasn't just, no, I shouldn't be doing this? What if there's something in you that is drawing you to do it? where you have to fight against your own nature. I love that. It's Ooh. dark and it's twisted. Oh, yeah. It's it's pushing the boundaries of things, and I love that. I, you know, there's every, with every one of the Legend Saga's books, I have heard from readers that, wow, you got darker with this one, and then the next one comes out, and they're like, wow, you got even darker with this one. And that, to me, is a compliment. <laughs> right? If I can keep it going and keep pushing the boundaries, that's, it's so much fun, you know. It's I don't know. The goody characters can be kind of boring to write in, uh, all the time, and delving yes. into the darkness—that's fun. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I'm working on a serial killer novel right now, and <laughs> I, I so got you know, you know, Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, about Ted Bundy. I was like, this <gasps> guy is interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. All the things, like, he was just completely cold. You know what I mean? Like, he's not lovable at all. But all these women found him endearing and, like, charismatic, and he's just evil. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> you know what I mean? It just intrigued me. So, yeah. yeah. You have human nature. It doesn't something about the women that they, they wanted to see something there that wasn't necessarily there. Yes. Yes, and I think he preyed on our, our deep inset, like, nurturing side. Because a lot of the times he approached women, it was like he was either he had his arm in a sling or he was on fake crutches. So, oh, there's this poor person, like I can help him out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's devious and I, I, it interests the hell out of me. (laughs) So I get it. It is. It's fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Just to be ruthless. And to find out, like, get, yeah. To get into the root of them and, you know, what what wriggled in there at some point in your life that made this, made you like this. And that's, with the book I'm writing right now, that's that's the intriguing part to me is to figure out what what buttons were pushed to make you like this. And that's, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Get me up. I want to read this one. I want to read it so badly now that you you, you talked about it. Ah! Okay. I'm with it. <laughs> you have, totally. So um, define your, how do you see success? Define that for me in, in your terms. In my terms, I don't necessarily think it's about, you know, where you're ranking on sales boards or how much money you're bringing in or anything like that. I think if you can find a way to live your passion, that, you know what, that's really, that's being successful. It's finding a way to make that balance, that you have this passion for something. And you know what? Maybe you can't do it full time. Maybe you have to do something else on the side as well. But to find time for your passion, to pursue that and see how far that that can take you. And then anything that comes from that is is yours to hold on to and to celebrate. And that's to me, that's that's what it's all about. I'm not saying I'm ever going to top the New York Times bestseller list. I'm not ever saying that. But I'm going to continue to try and work for it because this is my passion. And 
as far as it takes me, that I will I will count that as my success along the way because I've you know I'm I'm doing it and I'm working towards it and it makes me happy. So to me, that's what it's all about. I don't I don't need the big house or the big car as long as I can continue to do what I love. Yeah, absolutely. I agree one hundred percent. That's that's a great Thank definition. You. Um, do you do you feel like you've found your personal success with your books or with your your career? I've found some success. I have readers that follow me. I've, you know, I've won some awards. I've topped some lists. Um, I'm going to continue to strive and reach every day. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I think I'm starting to make a name for myself, and I'm going to celebrate that, that I'm farther now than I was the very first year at Utopia. I've grown since then, and I will continue to do so. Mm-hmm. So that. I have found some, and I will hopefully found, find more in the future. Amen. Do you feel like a lot of those connections that you made at Utopia helped you get to where you are today? I do. I do. I've met a lot of people. Um, Delphina Myers, you know, Delphina reads mm-hmm. too much. Everybody that goes to Utopia knows her. She's been there since, since the very beginning. And she's been, she lives like 40 minutes from my house. And uh-huh. she's become a he, yes, she's become a huge sounding board to me from the very beginning. Um, Elizabeth Kirk, Crystal Bryant, these are all people that I can bounce ideas off of at any time. And you know, I could go on and on. I've made a lot of connections with people that they help me, I help them, and we've we've grown because of it. So I I definitely mm-hmm. think a fair amount of my success has come from networking at Utopia and events similar to that. Oh, yeah. Those people are the awesome sauce on top of, like, incredible pie. They're just <laughs> the people. <laughs> like, those names. Like, oh, yeah. I, I love those people. I've had Elizabeth Kirk here. She was awesome. We talked about her book formatting services, and um, she just had a baby, which is awesome. He's, He's the so cutest cute. thing ever. <laughs> he looks exactly like, oh, like her husband. I notice, I notice, so, but uh, adorable little baby. He's just so cute. And she's, like, such a sweetheart. She reaches out to people and helps people where she can, and I think that, that matters, you know. It, it does help to lift as you climb, as they say. So, um, oh, yeah. You, you mentioned that you won awards, which I want to talk about here for just a minute. Um, how does it feel when you won that Roan Award for Best Why Paranormal Work of 2012 for your book Embrace? That was probably one of the coolest moments of my life. That, I mean, we're talking, I had the same kind of Academy Award rush that I think those authors have. I was <laughs> not expecting it at all. That was my second book that I had ever written. I didn't think anybody knew me or knew who I was. I was not anticipating it. But, you know, my husband and I went out to Vegas. We had a weekend out there. And, I may have had a cocktail or two ahead of time to calm the nerves a little bit. I will neither confirm nor deny that. (laughs) But um, they called my name, and then you have that moment of, oh, my gosh, I actually have to go up there in front of all these people. And I was wearing a pair of my big girl shoes, so I was wearing very high heels, and I had to walk up there and then up the stairs and across the stage, (laughs) and that was terrifying. We're talking like tightrope over shark-infested waters. The only thought going through my head was, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. (laughs) 
and how then it I feels. got up like, there. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. I I cried. I I, I there were no words. Mm-hmm. You know, I just can't even imagine that. And I still have my award right in my library, where everybody can see it. It's absolutely gorgeous, and it's one of the highlights of my career. I'm so incredibly grateful for it. Um, the best part on on the way home, we were in the airport, and they the box that they gave it to me because it's this very pretty carved glass that um, trophy, and they uh-huh. gave it to me in this beautiful black padded box, and I had to oh. take I had to take it on the plane with me. Well, when you ran when they ran that through the um, X ray thing. It looks questionable because it's this padded black box. With, it looked like a cylinder in the middle of it. So they pulled me aside, and all these security people came over like they thought I was carrying a bomb on the plane. And he was asking me what it was, and I said I just want a trophy. So he pulled it out, and he's like, oh, that's nice. And I couldn't help it. I'm like, if you want to hold that up and show it off a little bit, that would be fantastic. <laughs> and the security guide actually did. He held it up over his head and was, like, showing it off to everybody around us and then put it back in its pretty box and sent me on my way. <laughs> That's awesome. fantastic. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Embrace. Um, what's it about? And we can find it on Amazon, right, I assume? Yes, yes. Um, okay. Embrace well, tell, us, tell us a little bit about it. And, okay, it's... Book two yeah. in my my Griffin series. However, I usually tell people you could start with book two and not necessarily be lost because book one is almost like a prequel of how the characters come into their powers. Book two is where the ball just, you know, you pick up and run with it. Um, the Griffin series is about three siblings that are bonded to the mythical creature known as the Griffin. And the oldest brother... Gabe can take the form of the lion. The youngest sister, Kendall, grows the wings of an eagle. And the middle child, Celeste, is his conduit. Basically, she's she's a Celtic warrior, and this is her calling. She gets whatever power she needs in a given situation. And because of this connection, there's an army of demons that's hunting them. And it sounds very dark. It sounds very sinister. But you have to keep in mind there's also a dark army glee club in there, which is an army of demons that just occasionally breaks into song. So there's a lot of, like, snarky humor moments that are weaved in this. <laughs> Book three, Sacrifice, has an evil garden gnome in it. You know, there's there's odd elements because it's fantasy and anything goes. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> garden, garden gnomes are creepy. I just have to give you that. So, yeah, props. Thank you. There. Thank a, you. I actually have a child named Griffin. So love that. Um, what was that? My second son. I said I actually have a child named Griffin. He's my second oldest. So. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> there you go. I see. I, I'm a lover of mythology, also. Um, so, uh, we are totally soulmates. We are, we totally are. I I can't wait to like meet you in person and like have moment <laughs> where we can speak to one another because you're at Utopia, but I'm pretty sure I saw you like fly by and I flew by because I was just crazy at that event this year. It was. Probably. I was in the cowboy hat. Did you see my hat? I don't know. I probably did. I was flying by. I'm the only person that, that wears a cowboy hat. Yeah. So if, if you see me, like that's, that's me, wave me down. Be like, Joe, come here. I need two seconds. Uh, <laughs> I will make them. I promise. Um, so, <laughs> Um, you also won the 
the Young Adult and Teen Reader Author of the Year in 2012. It seems like that was a pretty big year for you. Where was that? When did that happen? How? Give me the tea. Um, that one came about shortly after book three in the Griffin series came out. I released those pretty close together, and they apparently were well-received by the YA community, so yay to that. But it was, yeah, those awards were very close to each other, and that was a good year. I liked that year. I should do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, was it the same, the Griffin series? Was it the Griffin series yeah, that, that won one. the Turning Pages uh, Best Y book? Yeah, that one did, 2013? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Three Crane awards. Got the, um, Crane just got the silver medal for the reader's choice for um, suspense thriller. So that's that's the first award that the new series has gotten, and I hope that it will lead to more. Awards are fun. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, man, you had a great few years there, didn't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day I hope to have a trophy shelf. We will see. <laughs> it's so fun. They're yeah. shiny. Oh, totally envious right now. Just a little bit. Um, so we're, <laughs> we're almost out of time. I do want to thank you for coming on the show today. It was really awesome to have you. You were a great guest. So much fun. Um, wonderful you so much utopia. Oh, yes, anytime. Um, if you want to come back sometime and talk about um, Once Upon a Book, the author signing closer to the event, I would love to have you. So oh, if you I want, love like, that. shoot me a message. That would be perfect. Okay, so um, thanks again. Is there any parting shots you would like to leave the audience with today? Um, just if you're on the fence about going to Utopia, do it. It's a career changer. Absolutely head out and do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Stacey. It was awesome to have you. Once again, for all you listeners, be sure you check out Stacey's website at stacywork.com and go read the amazing reviews for Steam on Goodreads. Got to check those out. They're absolutely awesome. The links are in the description of the show. If you'd like to get in on the action of Stacey's author signing, head on over to onceuponabookauthorsigning.com. That link is also in the description of the show. But be sure and tune in Wednesday for my Revelations chat with Christina Benjamin in the morning and author B.J. Sheldon in the evening. Thanks for listening to A Daily Cup of Joe, and I will see you all next time.